You're listening to the Heart and Soul Podcast with Katherine Banco. I'm on a mission to celebrate breakthrough, empowerment, and shameless living in the lives of women everywhere. Join me and let's live unashamed together. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode, I don't even know what, because I'm actually planning far in advance for once in my life. Um, I am joined today by my dear friend and boss, Bib Jenna Corley. Hello, friend. Welcome. Hi, friend. Thank you for having me. I'm so hyped. Yeah. So Jenna is a local photographer, actually kind of beyond local. Like you went to Chicago. That was amazing. I know. I got flown out to do a branding session in freaking Chicago or yeah. Chai Town, as my husband calls it. So yeah. the Windy City. Um <laughs> Yeah, she's a lo- she's a photographer, but she used to be a teacher in the classroom type teacher who turned photographer recently um, in the last year, um, and now she teaches teachers how to start a photography business as well. Yes, and it's literally the best. So went from teacher to teacher photographer to photographer to photographer slash coach. <laughs> All the change, holy crap! <laughs> All the things we're going to get into all that. But first, um, Jenna watches the bachelor and I have not recapped anything from this season yet. Um, not that I don't know if, if people even care about this season as much, but I figured maybe we could share our thoughts and this is coming out weeks after, um, weeks after. So you'll be in the future, but we have only watched what the first three episodes of the bachelor. Yeah. Okay. First three. What do you think? Oh my God, dude. I have so, so many thoughts. I actually just finished the third episode last night. And I find that when I am hangry, I cannot stand Clayton. (laughs) But then when I've like actually eaten food, I'm like, okay, he's a nice guy, you know, (laughs) but Oh my gosh, girl. That is so funny. I like, I feel like now I kind of feel bad for him because he is kind of getting like torn apart by the media because like nobody knew him. He's, but the thing is like, there's nothing wrong. He's nice, but like, we don't know him. So it makes this season just not as fun because I really truly this sounds so bad. I don't care if he finds love or not. (laughs) That's a hot take girl. (laughs) Like all I care about while watching this season is the drama. And I don't even care that much about that. That's just the most entertaining part. Um, because I don't know him. I will say there are some, there are, there have been some instances where I have like really appreciated his, um, reaction to things Mm. Um, like with the whole Cassidy stuff I really appreciated him like addressing her in that conversation of like are you is there a friends with benefits situation happening and then like what I loved about that is he walked away before and like thought before being like okay you need to go home Cause like, I feel like a lot of times it gets really heated in those kind of conversations, but he was like very calm, cool, collected, walked away, took a second, gathered his thoughts, realized like he wants to be able to trust someone and was like, I'm going to have to ask you to go home. 
Heck yeah. I mean, he was definitely a cute, cool cucumber. Um, but I just like LOL when homie was like, no, like I have not talked with anyone. Like she was just like, no. And also I thought it was funny when she was like, I know what you're going to say. And then he was like, so there's someone at home. And she was like, Oh yeah, <laughs> like shook it. And then we like flash forward to him, like taking his, you know, cool cucumber time. And he comes back to her and he's like, Hey, so we have some connection. And she's like, Oh my God, on the cheek. She's like done sign sealed, delivered. I'm yours. And then I could not with the cheek kiss. It made me feel so uncomfy. And like, uh-huh. <laughs> I also going back to what you just said, like, what do you think she thought he was going to say? Cause she was like, I, Oh, I know. I know what you're going to say. I have no idea, but she's one of the <laughs> cockiest people to have been on bachelor nascent. So like, I feel like she probably was like, you're going to talk about how cute I am, you know, or something. You're going to tell and me he's like, in love. <laughs> you're going to send all the other biddies home and I'm your girl. You're pulling a Claire. That's what's happening. Oh yeah. She's a, she's a lot. I'm glad she's gone. And then, but we still have Shanene. Um, we do. <laughs> we do. And also, do you know who Gabby is? Did you get tickled by Gabby at this recent episode? I kind of love Gabby. <laughs> she tickled me. She was like, I'm super quirky. And she threw that rose right in her mouth. And I was like, okay, yes. Good for she- you, girl. She's like so awkward that she's funny. Like she, I don't know, something in the way that she delivers stuff. And she's kind of like aloof most of the time that it is kind of funny. Like I loved, I don't know. I, I'm really glad that he gave Gabby the group date Rose on that little lifeguard date because I, I just thought she was like the funniest about it. And he appreciated her humor. And usually they just give it to like the hottest girl who says like, I'm falling for you. So that was like mm-hmm. kind of fun, but I like Gabby. I don't think, I don't think she'll go. I think she'll get like top six, maybe, yeah. but like, I feel like the top four is kind of already highlighted. It's at, mm-hmm. well, this is what I think. I think it's going to be Teddy, Teddy, Susie. Rachel and who's my fourth mm, that the fourth one's tricky because it could be Genevieve but I feel like Genevieve's gonna have some drama yeah well I feel like they already gave away with some of the previews with the fantasy suites right they were like he was like I slept with you guys and they were like, what? And then they showed their, fa- I, my problem is this is probably just that I'm like, says that I'm bored with the season, but like, I don't know the girlies, yeah. like all of the girlies. Well, like, I know there's a Lindsay W I know that there's, I think there's a girl named Hunter. Hunter's maybe? from North Carolina. Yes. She was the girl that was like, I changed my on- contact color and her hair. That was wild. I was like, girl. And there was a whole lot of stuff in that, that episode. What did you think about the fact that it's um, right before they got into that group date with like Caitlin, what did you think about that? Where it was like viewer discretion is advised or something. Mm. Did you see that? This yeah. is like the, one of the first times I feel like they've really done it with the show. Yeah. And I was like, okay. I, I, I guess I appreciated that because man, they got deep. I'm, I'm kind of like. I kind of 
I don't know how I feel because I'm all about shameless living and vulnerability and all that crap, but <laughs> crap, but, um, so I like appreciate the fact that like they go deeper and it's not just like, I think you're hot and I'm falling for you. Like I know a little bit of your story, but there's something about like forcing women to like sit in a circle and, and open like their deepest, darkest parts of their soul to these other women whom they don't know. It'd be different if they like voluntarily were like talking to Clayton and they were saying, you know, I want to go deeper with you. Here's a piece of my story. But the fact Mm -hmm. that like they sit in a circle with like an ex bachelor person kind of like, I don't know, it rubs me the wrong way. Cause I feel like it just puts pressure on them to either a say something that they're not ready for, or B make something seem a little more dramatic, even if they don't have anything, like it almost makes you feel like you have to have a sad story in order to do quote unquote, well on that date, which is like, what if they just kind of like are happy and like, I don't know. Yeah. What if nothing comes up? I know it seems like they're really pushing. And I don't know if this is like what you think, but it almost seems like they're pushing like a trauma bond. They're like, share your trauma. And now we're all going to bond. And I'm like, Oh, like they don't know each other super well yet. They don't know him yet. Like, I don't know. It was also fascinating to me. I was like, huh? Okay. I, I, yeah, I think it maybe rubs me the wrong way because when you do share like trauma or something as heavy as the things that they shared, it Mm -hmm. does kind of tie you to people. And like, what if they're not ready to be tied that intimately to Clayton yet? Like it's day, you know, seven, I don't know what day they they're there and they're on a group date. So I don't know. I just feel like it's kind of like when you meet someone, it's kind of like when this is so church culture, but which sometimes rubs me the wrong way. But when you are dating in the, in the church and you like they tell you not to pray together because it like intimately bonds you. That's kind of what I like am relating it to. It's like, what if you don't want to have that level of intimacy just yet with all these people around? I know. I know. It's crazy. It's like, if, if Caitlin Bristow is sitting in a circle with me, telling me to share my secret, like I'm going to, it's freaking Caitlin Bristow. Yeah. And she is a queen and I will, yeah, I will share all my shiz with her, but dang. Yeah, it was heavy. It was, it really was. I mean, I'm obviously going to keep watching this season because I am forever invested in bachelor for life. Um, I do feel like they are kind of pulling and almost like, uh, like pulling from their, their old playbook of just repetitive like same style drama same style this and and that and it's not very in bachelor words authentic (laughs) speaking of that I don't know if you got tickled by this but also preface with I was hangry when this occurred but Clayton and that little girly that went on that date in downtown LA where they stripped down to their undies (laughs) um it's classic, classic them. So they like strip down to their undies and do like this, like, um, scavenger hunt. And then he like says to the camera, he's like, honestly, like if we could do that, we could get through anything. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, okay, good for you that that's what you think. But L O L Clayton, stop it. 
life is way harder than just stripping in your undies and running around singing rap songs. If you can get through that, you can pretty much get through nothing. Yeah. I'm like, so over the fact this like naked date, I feel like in the last four seasons of the bachelor, they just like have a date where there's some sort of like nakedness. And I'm like, why? Like, especially bachelor in paradise. I feel like every day in bachelor in paradise was like, let's play volleyball naked. Let's, let's eat tacos naked. I mean, it was just like insane. And I'm why is, why can we not think of anything better than just stripping down? I guess sex sells. That's probably what they're thinking. They're like, "Mm, we'll get them naked. Also all those girls in their bathing suits when they were doing like all their cartwheels and the little like black sensors. Oh my God. That was LOL. That was pretty funny. Uh, Okay. Well, who do you, who is your top four? I genuinely, okay. So Susie. Yeah. Um, I'm with you or I'm with you. I think on the Genevieve, I probably should like look up the girls, but I think Susie and then that girl that he went on the one-on-one this week, I feel like they connected really well. Sarah. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I really don't know the girls enough. Um, and I probably only said Susie and Sarah because those are his first one-on-ones. Yeah. So um, I don't know if the girl that he gave the rose to, um, the impression rose, I don't know how far she's going to go. Yeah. But they usually do well. I just don't know with him. He's just, he's hard for me to read. And yet he also says the most like boring things. So yeah. I'm like, I should be able to read this boy. But I I can't, like I, I did not foresee him being like, I'm, I slept with all of you. I was yeah. like, wow, that feels like a Peter move. Yeah. It feels very Peter. He also uses the word humble too much when he describes the girls, especially Mm -hmm. Susie. He went on a date with her and he was like, you know, she's just so humble. And like, I love how she humbly expressed herself in a humble way. I'm like, okay, but we get it. Like find a new adjective. Yeah. He's just very repetitive. Okay. Mm -hmm. Enough about Clayton. Let's talk about you. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Um, you've had quite the past year or maybe even more than a year. Um, you have basically transitioned so much in your career and I kind of want you to at first let our listeners in on like what the last 365 days have looked like for you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Let's get into it. So Um, so I was a teacher. I taught middle school chorus and I knew I wanted to be a teacher since seventh grade. Like literally I came home to my mom. I had signed up for chorus because there's a cute boy named Brad. (laughs) Isn't it always a Brad? (laughs) And uh, my first first crush in elementary school's name was Brad. (laughs) No way. (laughs) I don't remember his last name. I just know. I just know he was Brad. He had brown hair. He was beautiful. Anyways. So he was like, you should do chorus. And I was like, okay. So anyways, I signed up for chorus, loved it. And was like, mom, I want to be a chorus teacher and I want to move to Wilmington. And she was like, okay. And so kind of funny how that like manifested. But anyways, um, basically I taught for six years before I left the classroom, but I felt the burnout around year three, which is really sad that like, cause that's when you're ending your beginning teacher years. So at the end of year three, I was like, dang, I'm burning out. I was um, dating Josh at the time. So year four, he like deployed and then he came back home and we got engaged and the Lord like moved us to Rhode Island at the end of year four. So I was like, I'm going to be a photographer. I'm gonna go full-time in Rhode Island. 
but I didn't set myself up at all, which we can definitely chat about like how to set yourself up. Well, if you're like, I want to go full time, that's fine. Um, I don't want people in scarcity because I was in scarcity. We went into the negative twice. It was really hard. Um, and so anyways, I, the Lord was so good. And he connected me with this girl named Oksana, Instagram friends. It's so funny how Instagram like connects us all now, but I just reached out to her. I was like, hi, I'm new. I would love to get coffee with you. And so, um, she connected me with a company called move mountains and I started shooting all the time up there, but it still like, wasn't enough to make myself profitable. So I was shooting weddings all the time. I think I had like 22 on my calendar by the time I like was three to four weeks into living in Rhode Island. That was back in 2019. Um, and then I came back home to Wilmington, shot a wedding with Chelsea And when I figured out I was coming back home for real, for real, because Josh was like, I'm done, I'm getting out. um, I pitched myself to her and we just basically, I was just like, I would love to shoot second shoot for you full time. You know, Um, I'm coming back to Wilmington. Like that would be so fun. Um, And so, and she was like, dude, yes, that'd be, that'd be great. And so um, side note, if there are any photographers listening and you're wanting to get into the wedding industry, definitely pitch yourself to some like photographers that are doing the thing so you can learn and like at least pitch yourself for six months I'd say but anyways so I pitched myself for Chelsea for probably like um I was like let's do it for like a year so I was on her calendar every wedding that was on her calendar for a full year I was on it and that helped me move so when I moved back to Wilmington I was shooting again I took my job when I was in Rhode Island I didn't make ends meet I got into scarcity two months in and I had to go back to teaching so now we're in 2020. I've moved back to Wilmington. Um, we're still in the midst of COVID. So teaching sucks. And I went back to my old job, which God is good. And, uh, yeah, I was still miserable. Um, I love teaching, but God, it was just like, I was eating crap all the time. And, um, anyways, I made, (laughs) this is funny. I made $900 in December and I was like, Hey mama, like get it, you know? And, um, I remember I went to your birthday party and I was like, hi, what, what do you think I should do? You're an entrepreneur girly. Like, what do I do? And you were like, you should, I was like, I think I should like hire a coach. And you were like, yeah, you should, here's a girl. And so I started coaching with Allie and through that, I did a lot of mindset work. Um, cause I was honestly guys, like I was in my own way. I had zero clarity with business and I had no, and I didn't know anything about business. So I went on two retreats in the year of 2020. I coached for six months. I did a group coaching and I invested in myself more than I ever had before. And so once I was secure, once I had like, I'm a type six. So I'm like, I need security. So once I had this much in my bank account and this much was rolling in consistently over three months, that's when I said, okay, it's time to quit. And I quit teaching. I set that self myself up. I was like, I can quit. If I hit these goals, hit those goals pursue. And I was just doing portrait photography. I went full-time without wedding. So like very important. Like I think so many photographers are blocked. They're like, I have to do weddings to go full-time. No, you don't. That's a lie. That's a limiting belief. That's not true. So I went full-time with portrait photography And yeah, so now I coach teachers on how the heck to do that. And some of them want to stay in the classroom and that's amazing and honorable and wonderful. Um, I just coach them on how to make it freaking work because you're time poor if you're working two jobs. So, and 53% of teachers in North Carolina work two jobs. So in order to make ends meet. So yeah, I coach them on how to get out or how to stay in and make it worth it. 
That is amazing. I mean, when I think about you over the last year and a half, I am blown away. And for all you listeners, I want to circle back to something. One, the Chelsea she's talking about is Chelsea Hollis, co-host, the former co-host of Heart and Soul. So like there are so many connections here. And then the Allie that she's talking about is Allie Williams, who was the very first guest of this season. And she has been on in season two, maybe season three, I can't remember. Um, and what's really beautiful about that is something that Jenna did and something that is kind of really special about this community is it's very community over competition in that, um, Chelsea and Jenna are both photographers in the same city, but they're not competing against each other. They're, they're like, how can we partner together to, you know, make both of our businesses thrive. And then there's. Allie, who's moving to Wilmington, who's like pouring into all these little local entrepreneurs, helping them get to this place of not just comfort, but like joy and passion in their business. And I don't know what I, what I heard first from like your whole story is how women can really come together and Mm. help each other thrive. And you really can't do it alone. Um, and you, you even said it yourself, like you wouldn't have stepped into that had you not hired a coach first. And I'm not saying this to say like hire a coach today, but that whole investing in yourself, it doesn't happen alone. It happens by like reaching out and utilizing the gifts of other people so that you can use your gifts. Absolutely. The months that I invested the most in myself were the months that I had the most revenue, you know, too. So like, I think that there's a direct correlation there. Absolutely. And like circling back to Allie, um, Allie, I was also coached by Allie before my maternity leave. She helped set me up for maternity leave and, um, she's amazing. So if you, or if you're looking for just like an overall business coach, she's your girl, but Mm -hmm. something that I learned from coaching with Allie is that I am very purpose-driven and not money-driven and something that you told me you, that you learned is that you're money-driven and not purpose-driven. Okay. Not, not purpose-driven, but more money-driven. And I found that so interesting because I, I mean, I obviously love money. (laughs) I mean, who doesn't? And I I wanted to make more and make more, but then like the more I thought about it, I like the, with my specific business, it didn't make sense with like the other things that I wanted to do with what I have to do in order to do that. And I was like, you know what, at the end of the day, I kind of just like what I'm doing at this rate and I'm not looking to make, you know, six plus figures or anything like that. But then there's other women who are driven by money. And I think what the reason why I wanted to bring this up is because I think there's a lot of shame around that for women. Um, A lot of people, especially entrepreneurs think that, it has to be like, I mean, it will be grind, 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 but do it for the mission, do it for this. And like the mission is what launches you, but it is completely okay to clarify and like declare, I want to be in this, I want to make six figures or I want to make a million dollars. And it doesn't make you a bad person. It just makes you a little a driven in a different way. And I think women automatically feel shame for like, Oh, like, I don't need to make money. I just want to help. And you can do both, you know, like, why not? So kind of speak into that for you. Um, because I actually find that very inspiring about you and it, it's really cool to hear like a different perspective. 
Yeah. Well, there's, I have so many thoughts on it. Um, so you know, people always come first, like, absolutely. Like we, we're in a service industry and I, I mean, especially like, I specifically with like photography, like I am here to serve, Mm -hmm. you know? And so people are always first and they're always at the center of my heart. Like creating with my couples is like, Oh, is the highlight of my life, you know? And so anyways, business without people is nothing, but at the same time, business without revenue is just an expensive hobby. And so it's like, you have to like recognize in some seasons of life, like I'm going to have to lean into this a little bit more, like, and, and here's the thing, like I am in a mastermind right now. That's all about like, uh, profit and purpose, because you can't have one without the other. Like they're so important. If you're like all purpose driven, you might find like, holy crap, all of a sudden I'm in scarcity. And you might've created that scarcity without even realizing it because you just like, maybe you pivoted too quick, or maybe you decided to like lean into something. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh crap, I gave, you know, all these discounts away. Oh my God. Like I can't pay my light bill this month. So it's like, you definitely like need to have both. Yeah. I just want to pause you real quick because I did that in the, in my first few years of soul, I like basically gave away all of this time via classes for like no money at all. And I was burned out and I did it. It's, I think there's something to that, like being, I guess what I want to say is like, I was so burned out that I didn't value myself at all with my, Mm -hmm. with your people. So like your skills, actually, if you're, especially if you're making it a business, like they should, you should be valuing yourself with the income aspect. And I, I hope I did like made that clear before I started this conversation is like, you can be purpose and profit driven, but I was like, so purpose driven that I really burned myself out in the beginning. You can get to a place where you you're both. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, You can get so profit driven that you're almost like greedy. Yeah. And it's like, so, you know, it's like a, it's such a balancing act, I feel like. Um, but yeah, like I remember speaking like to the shame, I remember I would be in group calls with women and there would be some women where, where like, okay, like the coach would be like, what is your, and the coach being Allie, she would be like, what is your driver? And people would be like, oh my gosh, I would do this for free. And I was like, well, that's wonderful. But like, I got to put food on my table. And so, and for me, especially even as a teacher, like I always, for six years, like I would always go to TJ Maxx and I'd have to like, look at the price and be like, okay, do I have enough in my bank account? Like, and that was just like, not a fun feeling scarcity sucks. And so with that, like, I would just be like, yeah, I was poor for six years, quote poor, but you know, it felt, I felt like I was in scarcity. So I felt poor, right. It's just a feeling, but it's not the truth, but that's what I felt. And so when they would ask me like, what is your driver? I'd be like money, money's my driver because I was a teacher and I had no money. And now I would like to be able to go and experience all that life has to offer. So yeah, I'm going to price myself at like what I need to make in order to keep ends meet my, you know, my worth, all the things. And, and I know also like I create goals every year, every quarter of like, here's what I need to make in order to live my lifestyle. Like I just met with my CFO and she backwards engineer it to where she was like, what are your dreams? Like, what are your aspirations? And I was like, I want to travel like four times a year. I want this, this, and this. She was like, amazing. 
And so her and Mike are basically, her name's Elisa and she's an angel. I love her. And um, anyways, her and Mike, they have the wealth management team and they're like, cool, we're going to create your stuff. And here's what you need to make every month in order to have that life. And so all that to say, I don't think there should be like any shame in it being your driving it. There should be no shame in it being your driver. Revenue is also an easy way to track like the fruit of our labor. So it's like, it's okay. Like, but there's also grace in that. Um, and so for me, the difference between me and making six figures, like as a portrait photographer, I just needed clarity. And then, you know, if there's people out there that have the dream of being a millionaire, that's great. That's an amazing goal. Good for you. I would like it too. Um, and, and everything, like you have to let yourself like, let it be yours. Like you have to be self-aware. Don't get in your own way. Um, let yourself be committed to it and do the thing. But the difference between six figures and seven figures is just, I think it all comes down to mindset. It all comes down to just like letting yourself do it and not self-sabotaging, not, you know, just getting the heck out of your own way. So anyways, all that to say, I think, um, I think it's a lot, the, the topic of money, especially for me, I feel like growing up in the church, there was like, you need to like live humbly and things like that, where I would just like have this like rhetoric come up and be like, no, Jenna, you're not allowed to do this. You need to discount. And it's like, actually I need to keep my lights on. So this is my price. And here's my friends and family discount. And this is what it is. And ta-da. And if there's someone where I'm like, oh, this is way too sticky. Like we're way too close. Like I have boundaries and I'm like, oh, like specifically if it's like, I don't really do it with my friends and my friends, I'm like, hi, yes. But you'll know when it's like too sticky of a situation, you can then send them off to another person and like champion another woman in business. And so that's what I do. If I'm like, oh, like, no, like we're, you are my blah, blah, blah. Um, you should work with this person because they're so amazing. And it's just, cause I'm like, I don't want it to get sticky. So yeah. but with other people where I'm like, oh, you're also, you know, a business owner, or you're like a really good friend. Duh. Of course. Like, here's the deal. Here's, you know, but yeah. And also so. like with business owners too, who are your friends, they get it. And mm-hmm. so usually they don't want to receive discounts because they know what it's like to give them <laughs> and it's hard. And like, yeah. I don't know, going back to the church thing. I think that's, I think you were spot on with that. Like oftentimes it's in Christian culture where it's very much like, no, the woman, like you just want to be a nurturer, like no matter what it is. And like, you don't need money. And just be, I just want to clarify this. Just, just because you make a lot of money doesn't mean you're just like going around buying Louis Vuittons and like living the real housewives of, you know, Beverly Hills life, you can still be wise with a lot of money and like use it for really good things. And you should be. So it doesn't mean that you're just, just, if you are purpose and profit driven, that doesn't mean that you're frivolous or by any means, right. You can be wise. Um, absolutely. And if you're bad with a thousand dollars, you're bad, you're going to be bad with a million dollars. So it's like, you've got to figure out like your own boundaries. And that's why I hired a CFO because I was just like, you know, I, I need this for, I need to know like what my investments look like. And I need to be like very clear on what retirement's going to look like and have boundaries and all the things, you know? And so I'm like, I'm going to outsource this mess because I cannot like have this on my plate. I need to serve my clients to the best of my abilities. And sometimes outsourcing is the answer. So yeah. And mindset really is everything. And I'm really glad you touched on that because I just speaking from personal experience, the last 
you know, after I had my, uh, after I had William until about really end of 2021, beginning of 2022, I was in like a very not good headspace. And you could tell a lot of it had to do with like postpartum depression and just like this whole new lifestyle, but you could see it in my business. Like it was not good. My business is my business kind not plummeted, but it, it went down. My service wasn't as good. Like everything was just kind of like mediocre. And if once I flipped my mindset, um, like recently something as, you know, simple as well, one telling people like, this is how I'm feeling. That really helped. I started counseling and like, this sounds so crazy, but like my Peloton has like really helped me like mentally because I haven't been like in a gym scenario where I'm not the coach in like four years. So like being coached by someone, like it gives you that, that like mental push that you need. And anyways, all that to say is like, my mind has been so much sharper and like positive more positive in the last month of this first year that I feel I feel like I can get to those places. So if you don't have that, that mindset, that positive, ma- almost manifesting mindset, then you won't get there. I mean, yeah. it will well, hold, think about- it will be in your own way. Absolutely. I mean, think about the way that like, when we're in scarcity in business, like it's a, it's definitely one of those things where it's like, I have to take radical ownership and be like, oh my gosh, okay. I'm in scarcity. Here's what I need to implement to get out of scarcity, because this is an awful feeling, you know? So those things are like very available to you. Once you like, kind of like figure out your offerings and you get really clear on that. You're like, okay, I need to offer this. This will get me out of scarcity. Okay. Now I need to like sell into it, but think about the way that you sell when you're in scarcity versus the way when you're in abundance and you're like, ah, everything's running smoothly. Systems are in place. Everyone's feeling held. It's like when you as the business owner feel unheld, it's, it's so, it's so bad. So it's like, you have to just like take ownership. If it's a moment of like, oh my gosh, like I did this. Like I, I made this change too quick in my business or like blah, blah, blah happened. And I self-stopped. Okay, cool. Great. Feel your feelings mm-hmm. and move through it. Yeah. You know, I, that's one of my biggest takeaways from last year is like feeling my feelings and then moving through it. And yeah. Like, what are we doing next? You know? Yeah. The desperation can really be sensed from the client. Um, and that there are ways to like, I guess, show excitement and like purity, even amongst desperation. Cause there are times where, you know, you are just starting out or you are having a bad month or something gets thrown your way. And, you know, the money isn't as good, but it's all about mindset in those situations too, of like, how are you going to handle this? Absolutely. I, man, I'm just like having a lot of aha moments because (laughs) because of my mind this last year, it's just been so like crazy to see the difference that, that the mindset makes. It's, it really is. It changes the game. And it's so important because, you know, I, we're doing a retreat, Chelsea and I are doing a retreat next weekend. And we were talking about, you know, all the things we're doing. And someone asked me, they're like, what are you most excited about? And I was like, Oh, the mindset training for sure. Because I can sit there and coach someone all day and be like, Hey, you should change your price to this. We should implement this. Like we should have a higher level offering for this, a downsell for this. And it's like, if, if the mindset isn't there, they're going to be like, "Uh uh-huh. Okay. Bye. And like, they're going to be like, sure, I'll do it. And then they won't do it. And then a year later, they'll be at the same like retreat or they'll show up in like a masterclass and they'll be like, I'm having the same issues. And it's like, without the mindset work, 
sometimes you're just like, well, I don't believe I'm worthy of that price. So I'm not going to charge that. So sorry. Goodbye. And mm-hmm. it's like, I, I did my part, right. I coached and I told you, you should do this, but without the mindset, I have to get that clear. And then I can be like, here's, I'm going to speak into this in your life and into your business. And then from there, we can really move the needle. But without that clarity, if it's a cloud, people are just going to keep looping back and they're just going to be like, oh, I'm unworthy. Wait, I got to change my price. And then, oh, I'm still feeling unworthy. I got to discount this for this person. And it's just a constant loop. And it's like, whoop, if we're in a loop and look, everyone's in a loop. We all are just all doing our dang best out here in this crazy world. But it's like, if you can figure out your loop sooner, you can be like, oops, okay. That's just a, that's my loop again. Great. Yeah. I am okay. I am safe. Let's move through it. Yeah. So. Recognizing like when you go back backwards into those old oh, habits or those old mindsets, totally. Well, I, shoot, I, can, I can see why you are such a phenomenal teacher because you are so well-spoken and your thoughts are so like really so kind as they come out, but like challenging at the same time. So I mean, you're just, you're kind of like living out the best of both worlds by still being able to teach photographers and use that gift and also be a photographer. Like that's just beautiful. Oh, it's the dream. It's the dream. And I love connecting with my teachers so much. I mean, I, yeah, they're great. We just have that connection of like getting each other's hearts for like learning. And so it's a really great, like it's basically, it's my niche. It's my niche down. Like I coach women and I have a man that I'm coaching currently. Really? Yeah. Hilarious. I love it. He's the best. Oh my God. But he's actually in New Hampshire. So wow. but yeah, I love my coaches. They're angels. And yeah, it's a it, good also, it also really goes to show that like you can create your own path or your own even career, even if it's not out there yet, like you kind of like yeah decided, Hmm, what, what did I need in this situation, in this scenario? And you just created that as a career, you know, like you can do whatever you want to do. You, you have the, uh, the power to just start something. Yeah. It's wild. Um, I, I remember when I was working with Allie and we came up with that and I was like, Whoa, there's no one out. There's coaches out here. There's business coaches, there's photographer coaches, but there's no one out here. That's like, hi teachers. I see you. I ate crap with you and I'm going to help you and co-found with you for the next 12 weeks. Yeah. So yeah. And what, what makes every coach good is that empathy side of, of, I see you, I've been there. Mm-hmm. Um, like I can relate to you. It's kind of like what makes Jesus so good is like, he's not just preaching this. He was actually on this earth going through the things that we're going through. So it like mm-hmm. that empathy just like creates a whole new level of trust with a coachee, you know? Oh yeah. It's amen. Okay. Well, I have four questions that I ask every single guest. I could talk to you all day and I'll probably have you back one day. Um, but I'm going to ask you those today. Cause it's already been 45 minutes. <laughs> oh my God. Oops. 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 Um, so my first question is what is something that you are obsessed with right now? Girl. Well, you mentioned it earlier. So, you know what I'm going to say, um, cause we've talked about it, but Pella freaking ton. Yeah. I love Peloton. So like, I'm trying to find a good cycling coach that I like, but Maddie is my jam for a good run. Cause he does the Broadway runs. Oh and yeah. He, 
he's like not too cheesy, but he's just enough cheese for me. So I'll be like running and he'll be like, all right, we're going to sprint and like defying gravity with Idina Menzel, the girl who sings Elsa's, you know, let it go. She'll be like talking about how she's like, you know, defying gravity and all this stuff. And I'm like, me too. And I'm just like in the gym, like with tears. And I'm like, why am I so extra? I'm like, not even, first of all, you don't have to explain any Broadway star to me. I'm Broadway through and through musical theater. Love it. Um, but second, I like have a, I have a note in my phone called Peloton and I literally pull it up before I start anything. And if they say a quote that's inspiring, I write it down. So if I'm having like a bad day in the last couple of weeks since having this, I like go through and read these quotes. I'm like, you Yes, you can. It's so funny. There are probably people in my neighborhood that think I am a psychopath because I will be running and like tearing up and I'm like, <laughs> and they're probably like, gosh, she just must hate working out. And I'm like, no, I love this. <laughs> so- well, and you know what? It has like reinvigorated in me and made me a better coach. Like I used to be, not that mm-hmm. I'm not like I, but in group classes, I used to be so freaking aggressively annoying and loud and energetic. And again, in this last year, when my mindset shifted, I just got like a little too chill and like lost my zest and being coached by someone else has made me a better coach. Like this, this morning, for instance, I have not had that fire of a coaching session in like a year because of this last year. And it was so, I was so amped. I felt like I had just like taken like crack. I was so, my adrenaline was like, not that I've ever taken crack to know, but like my adrenaline was so hyped that I was like, this is what you need. And that's like, that goes back to like what we were talking about earlier, like to, to be the best version you need to get poured into. And like, that's kind of what this is doing for me. It's like, I'm able to be a better coach and give these people soul sisters, the workout that I'm getting via Peloton. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Also, let me just say, uh, getting to be coached by you last week in person, it was so fun to see you in your element. Cause I see you in like our friend world and like all the things, but I was like, oh my gosh, I get to see her doing her thing. Yeah. Like, this is so sickening. It was so oh, fun. God. And I was just like, she's so freaking talented. I got in the car and I called Josh, my husband. And I was like, babe, that was so much fun. I was like, I love Catherine. She just really crushes it. And you're, you're so good. You're so talented at what you do, girl. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next question is what is something that you're looking forward to in 2022? Mm. Um, I honestly, I am, I'll give you a biz thing and a personal thing. Um, biz thing. Um, cause I think you should have business and play like you gotta have both. Um, business. I'm excited to shoot all these weddings this year with Josh as my second shooter, like going into business with him is really fun. Um, you know, he's not like a co-founder of my business. Like I'm still like the sole owner of it or whatever, or the founder, but, um, it's so nice having him on my team and then, um, personal goals. Um, I am just looking forward to getting stronger. Like going to the gym has been really fun for me and I hated it before and felt so insecure. And so I would just like get in a block and a loop and I'd be like, Ugh, I don't want to go. Uh, they're going to, I'm like going to be the biggest girl in there or like all these just wild thoughts would come up. And, um, but now I'm just like, Oh, I love it. And I'm going to love where I am right now in my body and just be grateful that I'm able to move and groove and do my thing. Even if, 
even if I'm at a weight that I'm like, Ooh, this feels a little uncomfortable for me, whatever I'm happy. And I am, yeah, I'm just going to move through it and work through it. There's a confidence shift that happens. And this is what I try to, you know, tell all my clients is there's a confidence shift that happens even when you don't lose the weight or have that scale victory when you can accomplish a movement or a strength workout or a run or something that you've never done before. When you can conquer that, there's an inner confidence that comes that is so much brighter and like more all encompassing than seeing a scale victory. You know, those non-scale victories of strength are way more empowering than stepping on scale and seeing that you lost three pounds, you know, from absolutely. So that's what I just want to lean into this year is like getting, you know, a personal record with like a deadlift and like able to do a pull up, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, I love it. Okay. Next question is what is something that you love about yourself? Um, I, I love, I feel like I'm very unfiltered. (laughs) Like I'm just like, hi, here's me. I love Harry Potter and I'm kind of weird, but also I love you. You know, it's like, I guess that's what I love. I love that. I'm just like, here's who I am. And hopefully you like it. (laughs) I love it too. And it makes you very, um, approachable as the word that is coming to my head. Like it makes you feel yeah. Like a, approachable is the only word I can think of. Like people can come to you and trust you and feel like they can be their selves, their true selves around you. Like speaking of the Harry Potter thing, what I loved most, what I loved most about a couple of weeks ago when we all went to play pickleball is like, we were showing up like ready to roll and you like came with your Harry Potter book and sat on the side and you were like totally content and like mm-hmm. happy even though you didn't want to play, you were like, I still want to show up and like do me. And I don't know, that was, there's something really refreshing about someone owning who they are, you know, and feeling dude. like, you know, like it's good. Yeah. I'm, Thanks I'm, dude. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's, and I mean, like, look, I won't lie. There are times sometimes where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm such a dweeb, you know, like I'm not athletic and I'm not this, but I'm like, I'm you so are. Show up. You Thank are, you. You, you just, you're, you choose what you want to do, you know? And there's something really power empowering about that. Like you didn't want to play pickleball, but you wanted to hang. So you yeah, were like, come and play what, or look at Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm just going to come chill the sides, hype up my man. And then you were there and I was like, oh, sweet. I have a friend to chat with. I didn't even touch the book, but it's so yeah, really But yeah, I love that about you. Um, okay. Last question is, if you could leave the listeners with one little nugget of wisdom today, something to land on, what would that be? Um, I would say, I would say, let yourself do it. I think so often we like let ourselves get in the way of like a goal that we've placed in our, in our lives. And so I really believe like, if it's for you, it's going to be yours. And so just let yourself do it hold space for yourself and be like, yep, I can do this. I love it. Um, okay. Let the listeners know the best place to find you and connect with you. Yes. Okay. So, um, Jenna Corley photo is my Instagram. And then if you're a teacher girly, then, um, Jen dot ed dot coaching. So Jen ed coaching. (laughs) 
Yes. I love that name. Um, and I'll link all that in the show notes, but thank you so much for empowering our listeners today and being a guest. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me, Fred. It means so much. Yes. Okay. Well, I love you and listeners. I love you. And I will talk to you next week. Bye. Whoa.